Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Whether, whether or not everyone is actually drunk during this show, there is the implication <laughs> that, like... The, because it is very presentational, right? There yeah. are parts in the show where we are acknowledging these are actors putting on a show. And I think we, that, that veil slowly goes away as you get more and more into it. Yeah. Um, but like at the top of the show, when everyone introduces themselves, they do a shot. You know, whether actually doing a shot or just in character. Um, I think it probably at the start, they probably wear it. I don't know what about regulations and things. I hope they're always drinking. I think go for it. <laughs> well, they're also like every single promo shot is of another actor walking around with a bottle of vodka, just pouring yeah. it into some patron's glass. Yeah, go for like, it. Like, you know, to, to call this musical vodka soaked would be an understatement, I think. <laughs> What if you don't like vodka? That's the question. Mm-hmm. Go see another that... show. No, go I see know. another show. I'm not the biggest fan of vodka. Bring a flask. Of what? <laughs> Wine? <laughs> it sounds like, by the little bits and pieces that um, come out about it, Yeah. house managing this show and patrons in the audience during this show right. is like a whole new world. Um, in the foreword, uh, the director, Rachel Chavkin... Um, in the forward to the script talks about like she thanks her house management staff or a uh, head house manager who on at least one occasion carried a patron out with a fireman's carry oh my god like, because everyone's getting drunk i love it and because thing is as well as like you know how some people will have a drink before the theater yeah they might not know what they're getting into and they get they're in gonna and, be like, drinking all theater oh my god. there's a there's a <laughs> like these stories do there's an i think it's a new yorker article uh-huh. Which is it's like Natasha Pierre and the great cell phone throwing of 2013, <laughs> um, and some theater critic happened to be seated at a table next to a rude patron right. who was texting all through Act One and googling through half of Act Two right. before uh, before he grew tired of it, grabbed her phone out of her hands and S- chucked it across the theater. <laughs> Stunning! And of all the shows you could get away with that, here it is. Here it is. 
That was long intermission. That was really long, <laughs> but I quite liked it because I'm wasted now. I'm so, so blind. So when we last left our character is uh, Natasha, both Natasha and Anatole were cheating on their respective partners. So here we are back to a beautiful clarinet. I would call this song, it's not the title song, but I think this is the song that advertises the show the most acutely. Interesting. In 19th century Russia, we write letters, we write letters. And like, it's very sensual and sexual and has like, the the music accompaniment starts very chamber music classical, mm-hmm. but then a beat comes in really quickly and it's it's written in contemporary vernacular, but it's about this really archaic thing. And it, it's basically like the whole chorus of the song is like, we're singing about texting. This is letters. <laughs> yeah. But in the yeah. context of this show, this is like sending a text. This is how yeah, people exactly. talk. We're just sending texts. Got it? Yeah. Texts. Um, it's, it's like be more chill. It's the same. Yes. But in Russia. But in Russia. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Pierre writes a letter to Andre. Um, yes. He's getting more and more existential. Yeah. Poor Pierre. I, I love his letter, though. Yeah. That's the kind of letter. Do you know what as well? I think that's the kind of letter Dave Malloy would write. I I one hundred percent believe that. Yeah. Apparently I'm not allowed to turn the page on this script anymore. Oh no. <laughs> Wait, what script? Sorry, um, I'm I'm not looking at you. Uh, I, oh, were you doing something? No. I so I have you and then I have my iPad which has the script on it. Oh, uh, okay. I know I know a guy. His name's Sam French. Um <laughs> and you can get it's actually one of the most forward-thinking things sam french has ever done you can get a uh-huh. digital version of a lot of scripts for like seven bucks now oh, that's um, great and you have to view it on this really awful viewer but it is the whole script. right this script is very clearly a draft there, there are little to no stage directions uh-huh. um it's really interesting to read it there's some parts that are inaccurate as far as the recording is concerned and i don't know which is more updated Nothing terribly stunning, but a couple things here and there. Because the recording was American Rep, wasn't it? Yeah. And I'm um, sure they're going to do more updating when, when Mr. Groban oh, takes yeah. it to Broadway. So Pierre's writing to Andre. He, he still doesn't know. Nothing matters. Everything matters. It's all the same. Yes. <laughs> um, and also, it, it, I think what I find interesting about this as well is when he starts talking about the war a bit more. And he was like, I should do something. Yeah. But I'm not going to. This is, I think, a big theme that becomes really important near the end of the show is Pierre's existential crisis about what matters and what doesn't matter. Yeah. Responsibility. And, and like, you know, there's a war going on out there, but here we're dealing with this really petty, you know, bullshit. Yeah, like, exactly. And I don't care about any of it. And my wife is cheating on me, but whatever. But sometimes uh, I care, but I don't know if I should care because whatever. Like, it's it's a real important thematic undertone of the entire show. And that's, I feel like that's kind of Pierre, though, all the way through. He just kind of chimes in and is like, themes. Malloy, Malloy writes that he found this sliver to be, he calls it a traditional two-person love story. Which is a very, you know, tropish kind of construction. Like you have Dolly and Horace Vandergelder and um, the young couples. Like, and then there's two. Like all all sorts of Shakespeare about all the romances, all the comedies about two couples. Exactly. Yeah. In this one, he claims the couples are Natasha and Anatole slash Uh Andre, whichever one you think, and Pierre and something and 
existentialism and god or lack thereof and yeah. purpose but he still calls it a love story yeah which is interesting and it is yeah, natasha like pierre in the great comet of 1812 exactly and i do th who would you i think natasha's the protagonist if you had to pick one um yeah i i would agree yeah i would agree because uh yeah i i, I would i think there's arguments for the pair of them but yeah. it was like i was saying earlier at the start that like th it is about natasha right much more than it is about pierre yeah you see her at the start of her journey and you yeah. see her at the end and there yeah. has been a big change with pierre like i just said he kind of twinkles in yeah amazingly uh, and very well crafted. but it is this kind of undercurrent you feel it started a long long time ago and it, at the end we'll get into the end but it's just starting to change yeah do you know what i mean so you don't see his complete story right because at the end of the day war and peace is his complete story it's his complete story exactly like it would be the longest musical ever right so uh, yeah that, that's why i would i would agree they're both that thing they're both so important right both so crucial but just in different ways it's not yeah. the same show without either of them exactly. <laughs> um natasha writes to andre well she tries to. I know. She says, dear Andre, and then she's like, what can I write? I can't write him. What should I write yeah, him? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I can't. Ugh. Natasha and the great question marks of 1812. <laughs> and this is when you're like, god damn it, you got yourself into this. I know. This is, none of this is anyone else's problem. You right. did this. You did this. But I understand. But I understand why you did this, because Anatole is hot. Yep. And you're young. And you're young. <laughs> And that's how that works. And that's how that um, works. Really, it turns in Natasha can't write to anyone. <laughs> I know. Well, and then the letter that she does eventually write, it's, it's it's ruins everything, doesn't it? Yep. She writes to Andre. Saying bye. And Anatole, well, inspired by Anatole's love letter. Love letter. Love Natasha. letter. Love letter. A love letter. Love they letter. sing this. They sing this a lot. <laughs> it's a love letter. It's a love letter. A love letter. Dear Natalie, a love letter. A love letter. A love letter. A letter from him, from the man that I love. A letter which I composed. A love letter. 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 I want to know what the blocking is for that point because I feel it's something interesting. I've got my ideas of what I would do, but I would be very <laughs> interested to see what, where, what where they would do. Anatole says things like, I must love you or die. Yeah. I will come and steal you away. Yeah. Um, like this Anthony. Just say yes. Just say yes. Yep. And um, she does. So then Natasha reads Anatole's love letter, <coughs> but also sonia does yes oh dear oh no um and sonia we've already talked about she's a smart cookie she's, smart. she's pragmatic she's she knows what's going on and so she appeals well she tries to appeal to natasha's best nature and be like listen do you think this is the best idea like ah uh, this isn't really good and she doesn't blow off she doesn't she's not like natasha what the hell are you doing you idiot and then what does natasha do well she leaves right she Not she leaves and with the most venomous leave like I hate you, you know you're the worst thing that what 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 was the actual line have you got she it goes, there? Uh, it's um. Leave me alone, yes, leave me alone. I hate you so 
closer to Princess Mary, I'd been unable to ride all morning. All our misunderstandings are at an end. Forget everything and forgive me, but I can't be Andre's wife. And Natasha runs out of the room. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, like and, we're no there's no subtlety right and this is this is where you realize natasha you're a pillock yeah. <laughs> right, natasha well, you are a teenager because yeah like a like a little girl which this is you know this is a, what what a teenager says to their mom and and that's exactly because it's like all the while she's like god is this the right thing to do is yeah. this the right thing to do and then the second someone like this isn't the right thing to do she's like well what are you to say that of course yeah. it's the right thing to do get out of my life um yeah ridiculous you and idiot. sonia to her credit in the next song sonia alone is like still trying to take care of her cousin like still trying to do what she can here we are at the next song that i think is one of the most beautiful songs in the world i think this is the most beautiful song in the world sonia right. alone so dave malloy i think is the master of low-key ballad yeah <laughs> and each of, well, each of the cast recordings of his that I've listened to in full, so Preludes, Ghosts, Quartet, and this, they all have a moment of solo female singing really deep, complex material with the most minimal of orchestration and scoring perfectly. Yeah. Master. And it does it, and it just, and it just sits there. Yeah. Because, like, there's... You know, you think of the the great sobbing lady ballads, for lack of a better categorization. You know, right, on, but no, on, completely. On my own, beautiful, wonderful, yeah. like, well-written um, about some really deep emotional stuff, and gets huge, hits this giant note, like, and then gently comes down. Yeah. These songs do not do that. Absolutely not. And I'm so glad they don't, because it's so... And again, tell me, this is like, this is one of the reasons why I'm like, this is so different because you never get that yeah. you never get this because i'm right you know i remember what he was listening to burden the first time i was actually i was underwhelmed because i expected it to go on my own do you know i expected it to go like big and emotional right yeah and you know from listening to this we know that philip Asu can do it right so it's not it's not that right, exactly it's just it, the song didn't go there i don't know whether they were trying to do a moment like this where it's like still in reserved yeah um but i feel they never they never really got it I feel that this is one of the first times where I've been like, wow. Because the first time I fully listened to this recording, that was the song that stuck out to me. And I went straight back to it once I finished, just to be like, what were you singing about there? Because I can't stop thinking about it. It's wonderful. And it's Sonia. Like, she, we know a lot about her, but we're not, like, following her emotional journey much. Not at all. Because we're a fantastic feminist podcast, which right. <laughs> seems to have happened. Um <laughs> What an amazing relationship that's like never spoken about. Maybe a little bit in Hamilton, to be honest. But here, it's like you're too. It's it's the frozen of musical theatre. Like it is amazing platonic relationship between two women that is so strong and real and it's sisterhood personified. And yes, to be to be able like this is this is the proof in the pudding because. War and Peace is, you know, a piece of classic literature that is, for the most part, about men and the women they're around. Exactly. And this is a story about, you know, 
heterosexual relationships. Yep. And yet, here we are, and love it or hate it, we're blowing the Bechdel test out of the water. Exactly. Sonia, after having this argument with her friend about a man, now sings an entire song that is about how much she cares about her good female friend. Exactly. It doesn't mention Anatole at all. It's not about that. It's like, I want to protect you. I believe in your soul. And I want to make sure that that's okay. And I will do whatever. I know you hate me, but I will do whatever. Yeah. And it could be so much about like, it would be so easy to write the song in like, I won't let this man hurt you. I won't let you leave Andre. Like, it'd be so easy to do that. Yeah. Let's not let a man come between us. Can right. I, you know what I mean, yeah. But that's not where it goes, and it's great, and it's beautiful, and it's stunning, and like, yeah. y- you know, if you want a good cry, it's a good song. I know you've forgotten me. I know you so well, my friend. I know you might just throw yourself over. Then we reach, I love, so I love Sonia alone, uh-huh. but this, this next section of <laughs> like three next, or four exactly. songs is you my feel, favorite part of this show. It's so good. Part, what are we, part four now? Yeah. Yeah, but don't feel this is like part 4.5 because yeah. it's <laughs> so different. Oh, um, it's so like where, where we got really exciting when, you know, um, uh, I'm going to drink tonight at the very beginning. Yeah, the jewel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the excitement. Oh my God. Um, so we go into preparations where uh, uh, Anatole is getting ready to elope with uh, Natasha. Yeah. And all the things that are involved. It's so, and uh, do you know what? Like, uh, I, I'm just trying to like think of all of it because the, the song, like, preparations, yeah. it goes like 90 it goes, different and places. Then, and then it turns into Balago, which is just oh, great. Which is, again, you're like, yeah. this is the, be- again, this is where you're writing it. And you're like, this yeah. is the best music like, ever. You could, you could not understand anything they're saying and just be listening to the, the sounds of the words and the music and like exactly. feel the excitement and the tension mount 
and be like, man, I don't know what the heck is going to happen, but uh, like it, this is word we're getting there. Like, holy yeah. cow, who knew 19th century Russia was this exciting? It's so exciting. And yeah. it's, it's so pacey. It's paced yeah. so well. And it builds and builds. And it's it's Dolokhov and Anatole, like, you know, doing the thing friends with you and like again interesting relationships here because yeah. I, I mean i don't know what the book is but in in my head i'm like you know i mean dolikov loves anatole like in it, it, it could be very much platonic yeah natasha sonia love yeah um but it could also be something else yeah and i love that yeah and like Dol- dolikov is is trying to convince anatole to not go through with this yeah you know, he's like, why are you, why are you doing this? Why, why, this is stupid. Stop yeah. it. You're married. You're, you're, you know, stealing away this, this girl. Like, you're going to, you're going to go to jail. You're going to get in huge trouble for this. The, there's one, there's one line as well in particular that makes me like question that relationship. And it's um, when he says, Anatole is walking with his uniform unbuttoned, going to and fro, to and fro. Um, I'm like, why would he say uniform unbuttoned? I'm like, because he's checking him out. He's checking him out. You, 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 this is the homosexual agenda that my pastor warned me about. Exactly. I am <laughs> imbuing it on you. You were, you were straight when this podcast started. And I was, look I at was. You. Yeah. Now look at you. Um, <laughs> Don't tell my boyfriend. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> he didn't um, know. He thought you were straight too. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know. I, I love reading stuff into that. I think yeah. everyone should be gay. <laughs> but that's right? just me. I think um, life's more fun that way. Exactly. And why not? I, it could be because it would have been suppressed in those days anyway. So, <laughs> and you know, it's like a nice, like, middle finger to Russia. We were gathered in my study, drinking up some tea, just standing told the two wedding witnesses and me. An abacus and paper money strewn on the desk, Persian rugs and their skins hanging grotesque. And I told us walking with this uniform on button, walking to and fro, 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 to and fro. Now wait! You better just give it up now. While there's still time, you really better drop it all Give it up now, while there's still time Do you know what? Teasing again, a fool don't talk nonsense Go to the devil, really This is no time for your stupid jokes I am not joking, I am talking sense This is serious biz, it's a dangerous business Come here, come here, come here, Anatole Why would I joke about a meal of all people? Found the priest, raised the money, got the pastors, got the horses. And then I thank you for it. Do you think that I am not grateful? And now you'll carry her away, or will they let it stop there? You haven't thought this through, or do you just don't care? Now listen to me, tell it to you one last time. They will take you to the court and convict you for your crime. Already married and you're playing with a little girl, don't you know? Don't you think? Don't you know? Nonsense, nonsense, I'm scowling at. So we've prepared. We've prepared. We've called. The pointless character who's just for fun. Oh, oh, we can't, we can't breeze past Balaga that fast. Because, and here's the thing, you don't know if you're just listening to it. That's why the shakers exist. Yes. <laughs> they hand out the shakers to all the audience members so that during the Balaga section, everyone's playing the rhythm It's section. on a horse, exactly. In the, in the script, or uh, in the perusal score, there's a uh, breakdown of who plays what instrument. Oh, right, because okay. like a lot of the actors play the instruments yeah, and there's yeah, yeah. a lot of complexity to that um like sometimes pierre plays piano and you're gonna try to do that if you can um and there's a column called auxiliary percussion that only a couple people are involved in and during balaga it says audience because all the audience is like drumming on the tables yeah. and like it's this huge exciting thing 
exactly. And it's, man, it seem it is pointless. He is pointless. He's a pointless character, and it's so worth it to spend a couple minutes. And it's it like really heightens how exciting this moment is. I'm gonna go abduct her, and to do this, I have to hire this crazy, basically Uber driver to like gallop at the fantastic speed of 12 miles an hour through the snowy Russian countryside. <laughs> like, holy cow. Absolutely amazing. And it's and like so many, it's for a pointless song, there's so many little quips in it that are yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Like absolutely hilarious. It's, it, the thing is, is this section, even all the way to the end of abduction, it's so Shakespearean in it's form. And just in the sense that it's like, we've had Sonia alone, we've got you. And it's like, okay, I know you're upset. Let's just go have a bit of fun, and then we'll come back to it. Okay, don't worry. Well, in the beginning of the abduction, I think this is what this is one of the things that epitomizes the show so well. We've been building and building all of this tension. We're preparing. We're going to get in the carriage, and then at the abduction, Anatole is like starts singing to his comrades at the bar, saying goodbye, my gypsy lovers. Like yes, we have left the world of the show. And entered the bar that we're watching the show in. And Anatole is saying goodbye to everyone in the room. Goodbye, my gypsy lovers. You know, we're done here. Goodbye to you. Goodbye to you. Kiss me one last time. Like, you're there. It's not, we're not even pretending that you're watching the show anymore. It is this Russian prince saying goodbye to you people from 2016 because he needs to go elope with that girl over there. Exactly. And it's just wonderful. And you're with them at that point as well because you're on that, you're on Balaga and his yep. little troika. Like, yep. You're all together. And I, I would love as well, because you know it's um, the Goodbye My Gypsy Lover section, mm-hmm. it's like done as a chant. I, would, I wonder if like audiences sing along. I'm sure it's a sing-along. I would, lo- I would love I am, that. I am like 90% sure that is a like, come yeah. on everyone, you know the Project words. Those Goodbye lyrics. my <laughs> gypsy lovers. And then uh, Dave Malloy writes, so the part where Anatole goes, wait, wait, shut the door. First we have to sit down, that's the way, it's a Russian custom. He said one of his favorite nights was he was sitting in the audience and Anatole sings, you know, we have to shut the door. First, we have to sit down. That's the way. It's a Russian custom. And two Russian guys were in the corner and they went, he's right. It is a Russian custom. (laughs) And like, if that doesn't speak to the authenticity of your 2016 slash 1812 musical, I don't know what does. (laughs) I love it. That's absolutely brilliant. Oh, I love that. That's right? it. That's imagine just being there and be like, oh, that's the that's the thing about this show. Imagine just being there, listening to it. You're like, I can, I, I feel like I'm sitting there because yeah. we're not. It's not a show about 19th century. It's not a show that takes place in 19th century Russia. It's a show that is about 19th century Russia that takes place in a bar. Yeah, exactly. And it takes place whenever. Doesn't matter. It just takes place. It's fab. Um, Ah, I love this. Amazing. Hold on to this 
Then they get back on Balaga. Yep. They get and it's and Balaga. Balaga literally says, "Let's get out of here." Let's get out of here. It's so great. In any other context, I'd be like, "What a stupid tropey line!" Like, God damn it, how many things? But here, I'm like, "Yeah, exactly." Like, let's go. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. And but do you know what? It, they've completely forgiven that because they've been like. Like a, don't give a shit about him. Yeah, he don't say get, he's, he's, he just, he's just for fun. You having fun? Yeah. Good. This is the fun part, and that's what's great. They are like they are setting you up. Like I can, I'm looking at the script right now. Between let's get out of here and more hey balaga ho balaga. Yeah, there is half a page before Maria goes. You will not enter my house, scoundrel. Yes, and we lift that needle off of the record, and everything comes to a grinding halt. And that's what's so good because at that point you're having so much fun, yeah. and you're there with them, and you're like, yeah. you forget you're that. Like, yeah, and it's all this is gonna be great. You're gonna elope. let's go steal the girl, steal the yeah. girl. You know what I mean? Um, and then in swoops. Uh, Maria, and you don't mess with Maria. Oh, We've already been told that. Man. And if you listen to this song, <laughs> if you. <sighs> If you have ever been scolded by an adult that you respect, imagine that moment times 100. Right. That is what this song feels like. Yep. And it's what is so great about it. So the, in the, the offstage action that we don't see, Sonia told Maria, the godmother, Maria, yeah, yeah. about Natasha's plan to elope. And so Maria headed off anatole when he shows yeah. up to steal her away and man does she give him a talking to like holy crap and that's what's great they've set you up for this you have spent the last three songs right there with them being like yeah we're gonna do this thing it's gonna be great and then out comes you know the school teacher herself to be like how do you know do you all know what you did there will be no recess today or for the rest of your life. Exactly. Like... <laughs> yeah, she she does not hold back. Like, these words are amazing. You yeah. dirty, nasty wench of a thing. Like, yeah. oh my god. Yeah. She is old school and she gets it too. She has put together the whole future because this is going to ruin Natasha's life. Not even... Not even eloping is going to ruin Natasha's life. All the stuff that's already happened. Because she's already broken up with Anatole, or with, uh, with, uh, with uh, Andre. And that means Andre's going to have to challenge Anatole to a duel. And that means one of them is going to die. Probably Andre. And either of them dying would totally destroy Natasha. But the thing is, is it's not just Natasha... Is the whole of their family, including Maria, like, because that's why she keeps repeating, in my house, in my house, because Maria's like, you've brought this on me, like, you, I'm not even, like, you're just my goddaughter, like, what, now I am cursed because you've done all this, do you know what I mean? She's, there's, the stakes are so high, they're so high, and you just, you're like, yes, Maria, like, give it to her, because she's an idiot. Yep, and, and... Maria is like, why didn't you, this was, he could have just come here and asked. He didn't have to steal you away. There were other ways to do this that would have given you the same result. Like this, you did this wrong. You did this wrong. How could you do this wrong? And everyone's just sobbing and angry. And yeah, Natasha is being her stroppy teenage self 
and hating everyone, including Sonia. Poor Sonia again, who's just like, and it's it's so interesting. I just had Sonia alone, where Sonia kind of extends herself and is you feel like she's about ninety years old with the highest status in the show, and then you see her in this number, and she she can barely say anything because of Maria, who does have this higher status, um, and just kind of dips in and. It tries her best, but then Natasha like slays her down <laughs> once more. I mean, she she basically runs to her room and slams the door, yes. like what any good teenager would do. You shameless good for nothing, you vile shameless girl. In my house, in my house, a nice girl, very nice. You dirty, nasty wench of a thing. Now don't you say one word. In my house, in my house, horrid girl, hussy. It's lucky for him he escaped, but I'll find him. Now you listen to me when I speak to you. Now you listen to me when I speak to you. In my house, in my house, do you hear what I'm saying or not? Prince Andre, oh, what do we tell your betrothed? I have no betrothed, I have refused him. Natasha, come here, kiss me, press your wood face to mine. Don't touch me. Yeah, and she does kind of slam the door as much as she can in yeah. Russian times by just like ignoring everyone. <laughs> right, basically. And actually, that point really actually makes it quite sad as well when. She goes like, Natasha, Natalia. And it's, everything kind of dwindles out. And it is that moment. Everything kind of changes. Yeah, where it's like, the mum is like, I'm not, you know I'm not angry. Well, I'm angry, but I'm not angry at you. It's that kind of thing. Um, And she's like, you know, she puts her in bed and gets her water and tells Sonia, like, don't disturb her. She needs this. Yeah. And like, what are you, you're lovely women. You're great. (laughs) You you did everything you could with this this really precocious child. Then what happens next? Maria sends a letter to Pierre because who can fix this? Who's gonna? Who's you know the grumpy old man with the open purse who everyone loves? Exactly, exactly. And he has been like a friend of the family. He's been a, he's a good family friend. Um, he's a fr- he knows he understands the sensitivity of it all. He's old school enough like Maria to figure things out. Exactly. He knows Anatole. He knows Dolokhov. He's got the whole thing. And again, this song, A Call to Pierre, is another one that I sing so much. <laughs> because There's Ruin at the Door is one of the best things to sing ever. <laughs> oh, it's, so, it's so beautiful. It comes out in no... And that's because what I love about this as well is it's a completely different dynamic that we've seen to anything else because these two like intelligent adults having a conversation who just have like, you know, positive motivations and have this like lovely discussion and it's frantic but it's mature it's friend and it's like we got to fix this this is awful and then pierre drops the bomb andre is married it's so oh it's so good and again that music is so good we took it all we brought them to our land an endless night ember hot and icy cold the rage of the earth 
We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Dear old friend, I'm sorry it's late. I'm sorry I haven't seen you about. Where have you been? Where have you been? I have been studying. Dear old friend, we need your help. Dear old friend, the family name. We need your help. We need your help. There's friends. Amazing. And then, yeah, the bombshell, he's married, because this is the thing that's going to bring the shame tenfold. Like, oh my god, what have you done, girl? Yep. And so Pierre's got to go <sighs> fix it, because it's his brother-in-law, Anatole, and his best friend, Andre. Yep. And that's, that's and he, the way. And he does, because he's great. He does. Well done, Pierre. Pierre finds Anatole, and I think gives him, starts to give him a scarier talking to than Maria does. Yep. But does not follow through. Well, just just a brief point on yeah. um, find Anatole. Yeah. When this is, I would say this is the first moment when Pierre starts to think, I need to stop all this. Yeah. Because it's when he goes in at the club, all is going on as usual, and everything's fine, and he knows that all this stuff is happening, and he's like, all these people don't care. This is a petty little thing that's happening outside of their life. Exactly. And I think this is the first moment where he's a bit like, I need to try and really distance myself from this um and then they have their meeting they have their meet. i mean it's this it's a very big multiplayer number natasha finds out that anatole is married you know gets gets really sad about it helene is trying to convince pierre to you know not hurt anatole for a lot of reasons um and pierre like tells her like sit down you're the worst yeah yeah and that's because like the thing is you forget for the whole show that they're husband and wife Right. Do you know what I mean? Until like, like this moment where you're like, uh, oh no. And then he's like, I hate you. Like you're the worst thing in the world. <laughs> like, um, uh, what a relationship. What a disaster. And that line, is it in this, it is in this one where he's like, um, amuse yourself. No, that's to, to Anatole. Pierre, Pierre says, uh, it's like, there are things that exist called other people. Yes. Oh yeah. Um, amuse yourself with women like my wife. With them, you're within your rights. But to promise a young girl to marry her, to deceive, to kidnap, why don't you understand that that's as cruel as beating an old man or child? Like, holy crap, Pierre. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And again, I wonder if that's something that's straight from the novel. Because, I mean, yeah. I'm not, not to downplay Dave Molly, but that is beautiful. That is that crafted. Is, yeah. Like, e- either way, good on him for including. Scoring it, including it, whoever wrote it is beautiful. But that's the moment that tells you about their disgusting relationship because he's like, go, and he, the last thing is Pierre's aware of it, that they're doing whatever. He's like, you can have fun with Elaine. But that's not, you know, not Natasha. Meanwhile, on the other side of the stage, this is something you never get from the album. The recording, This is yeah. the moment when Natasha is poisoning herself, which, you know, comes to play later. Exactly. Well, very, very soon. 
promised Countess Rostova to marry her and we're about to elope, is that so? I don't consider myself bound to answer questions put to me in that tone. My face already pale because distorted by fury. I seize you by the collar with my big, big hands. And I shake you from side to side until your face shows a sufficient degree of terror. When I tell you I must talk to you, you're not this is stupid. What not? Don't don't. You're a scoundrel and a blackguard. And I don't know what deprives me of the pleasure of smashing your head in with this. And so Anatole convinces Pierre to take back his mean words like scoundrel. <laughs> and Pierre does. And briefly mentions if you require money for your journey out of Moscow. Yeah. And Anatole smiles. The reflection of that base and cringing smile which Pierre knew so well in his wife revolted him. Exactly. And this is the moment that makes me wonder if Anatole knew what he was doing all along interesting 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 if this uh, moment like this moment seems intentional like that either he knew what he was doing all along or just realized in this moment how he was going to come out ahead yeah i think that's it i think he is purely abusing pierre's better good nature like completely and utterly i don't think this is it's like a long con because he wouldn't have got that much money that's true and he's not that I mean? much smart he's not that smart yeah. anyway I, but I think this is him purely taking advantage of the situation, yeah. showing that he didn't have any feelings for her at all. And I love his exit because it's just two little <laughs> lines and uh, Jesus Christ superstar s uh -huh. squeal. Did you know? <laughs> did you read the part where Dave Malloy talks? So Anatole sings the line, next day Anatole left for Petersburg and yep. hits the highest note you've ever heard. Next day Anatole Um, uh, Dave Malloy wrote that note as a joke and Amazing. then forgot about it and then at a reading the actor just did it just out of nowhere perfectly and Dave was like well that's staying in yep and why the <laughs> hell not if you can um, and it's so it's so weird and disturbing and shocking yeah. but yep. it, it works especially for what's about to happen right Natasha poisoned herself yes. Sonia tells us she's yes. very ill um, and again, this is another very Dave Malloy -y song with all the sampling of the pew 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 in the background. Um, it's in a very very sparse. I again, it's so simple and just pure link linkage. Natasha is ill, and then it's a really short song, but it's really like it's just sad and soft. Uh huh. Very chilling. Like, Natasha, it's it's you know. The only way Natasha has figured out to get out of this is to poison herself. Exactly. And it, sad. it properly brings down the mood to say, right, we're very somber now. Okay. It's, you know, we're going to turn down the lights a little bit. Like, we know we, we got through Balaga. We got through the angry part. But like, yeah, this is serious business now. Natasha, the whole house, a state of Here it is. <laughs> and then this Andre, song. Andre comes back. 
I again, I love this. I, it's it's just so gentle. It's so gentle, and it's so terrifying and chilling and raw and yeah. I I think it's so full of everything. Um, Can I tell you the, my favorite? Yeah. So Andre and Pierre are meeting. Andre's back, and they're old friends, and they're talking. You know, Pierre makes a joke about like there's a wrinkle. Andre's like, it's good to see you. And Pierre yep. says, my friend, you are in need. Your face looks gloomy. And Andre says, no. I am well. There's a war going on. There's a war going on. Forgive me for troubling you. Everyone's been bustling about back at home about tiny Natasha and her stupid antics with Anatole. There's a war going on somewhere. And that's, that's the thing. Is Pierre hasn't even realized that everyone he's looking around is joyous and happy because they're not acknowledging anything. Here's someone who's been seeing it up front, who's absolutely perfectly healthy. And then poor guy out at the war gets a, you know, Dear John letter in the mail from his betrothed. It's like, sorry, I'm leaving you. For your best friend's brother-in-law. Completely. Um, and it's so... Uh, I, I just... I really commend the actor playing Andre because vocally, he is incredible. <laughs> like, And it's not like, oh, he's singing all these amazing notes. His control and intonation it just it is incredible. Oh, it, the, whole, the whole song is chilling and beautiful. Yeah. And, and it, like, beautiful in a really different way. Yeah. And it's, it is. It's in, a, in the way that dark art, not yeah. da- the dark arts... Yeah. Dark art is beautiful. It, it, it is beautiful in a way I feel like looking at a picture in a museum that I don't quite understand. Yeah. But that I still feel affected by it. Exactly. Not beautiful, like pretty. Almost like Victorian. It's, yeah. It's, it's macabre yeah. in that sense. Do you know what I and mean? And they, they say so much in so little. Yeah. You know, Pierre says Natasha is ill. She has been at death's door. Andre says, I much regret her illness. And Pierre says... And he smiled like his father, coldly, maliciously. And then in that moment as well with the music, um, it does this beautiful swell. Um, And then Andre just, well, it doesn't matter. And it's, again, this is what I love about this guy. Um, Because as well, this is his only bloody moment in the show. um, And he takes it so well. And then this exchange that they have where they say, so Pierre is obviously annoyed by this because he says... Mm -hmm. um, you told me once that a fallen woman should be forgiven. And then Andre just hits back saying, but I didn't say that I could forgive. I can't. And you're like, all right. I, I kind of understand. Do you know what I mean? I, I understand where you're going. And he's so humble about it because he, he says, okay, so I could ask her hand again, be magnanimous, so on. He's like, that'd be great, but I can't be that. And it's just so great. Yeah. It's and like you, you feel so much pain for everyone. Yeah, you feel bad for Andre. You feel bad for Pierre. You feel bad for Natasha. Like exactly, everyone got out of this behind. Yeah, except maybe <laughs> Anatole. Which I guess, to be honest, is the way it, it should be because of their indulgence. But it's not. It's it. But it's it's different because this isn't this this show doesn't feel like a morality tale for me. No. No, for, no, no, for I would how, agree. For how presentational and storybook it is, you know, in the same way that something like Into the Woods is, where it's like, here's some people, here's what they learned. 
this show isn't presented like that, even though it still has a lot of like, you know, Romeo and Juliet is a morality tale. Don't let this be you. This is a story about tragic lovers that is not a morality tale, mm-hmm. which I don't know, seems new and interesting. But I think, it, I think it's really old. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think I think there is there's an element of warning, but not. I know what you mean. But it, I think this yeah. idea, the idea of the indulge, you know, I mean, it, it, it is you see it all the way through time. That's true. We get very excited and happy and complacent, yeah, and all goes to pot. Here are her letters. Please give them to the countess. Natasha is ill. She has been at death's door. Smiled like his father Coldly, maliciously Well, it doesn't matter You told me once A fallen woman should be forgiven But I didn't say Yes, ask her hand again, be magnanimous, and so on, yes. That would be very noble, but I can't be that man. If you wish to be my friend, never speak of that again. That's that's in a way what the the final song, which we're just about to get yeah. to, oh, is about. Man, this it, you know, there there are individual songs in this that I think are well constructed and stand very well on their own and are pretty on their own right. As a build up, climax, and payoff, this is this the last song? Yeah. Uh, well, like the, I well, consider the two of them together. Yeah. This whole I mean. this whole Pierre and Natasha and then the Great Comet of eighteen twelve yeah. like is the best, most interesting payoff in all of musical theater i've ever heard at least to this point yep yeah it's like you know our our two title characters meet this is when they meet they've never talked to each other before this point they've been spinning in very close but separate social circles for you know two hours worth of musical theater and maybe a good decade of russian history because I think this takes place over quite some time. And that's the thing, is like they know of each other, and they've both, and throughout the show, they've both commented on each other, and they're like, oh yeah, they're perfectly lovely. Here, I mean, here it is. So basically, the reason, the reason that they meet, the reason that this is happening, is because Andre told Natasha that Pierre is a good man, basically, and that if there was ever anything wrong, he could turn she could turn to Pierre and he would help her. Yeah, which seems to be the thing that everyone says about Pierre. He's a great man. If you need something, ask him. Very, very much so. And that's that's what she does. She comes to basically say, can you help? Can you maybe speak to I mean, Andre? He comes to her, which is something I didn't notice until I had the script in front of me right now. 
Really? Oh, there you go. Natasha was standing in the middle of the drawing room with a pale yet steady face when I appeared in the doorway. She grew flustered and I hurried to her. Which is interesting. And I didn't know on for, until like right now, as I said. Uh-huh. Why does Pierre go to see Natasha? If we were producing this, this would be a question I'd have. I, are you, uh, yeah. Pierre visits, yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah. Well, unless he's called for him, I don't know. That's something we need to go into the book. Pierre, the, you know, the, the struggling wino we've been watching throughout this whole thing who can't find the reason for his existence has finally felt some spark of human importance in this interaction that he's casually been a part of and is chasing it because that's all he knows how to do like he spent the whole show being like everything nothing matters no this is uh, nothing matters and suddenly he's found something that feels like it matters andre coming home his good good friend has filled him with such sadness which it shouldn't like that's so antithetical and he spent his the whole show not feeling much emotion about all that much other than his anger towards his wife Mm -hmm. and you know he he finds something in Natasha and like the whole song is like, he's, he's crying a little bit. And before he ran into Natasha, he, he was trying to hate her. But now that he sees her, he just feels pity for this awful, very human thing that just seems to have happened for no particular reason. And no one's particular fault. It's like so many things all at once that don't make sense. If you just listen to the song by itself, but if you listen to it at the end of this two-hour musical... Exactly. It's a wonderful tapestry. Yep. It's, it carries so much weight for being the most simple piece of music mm-hmm. <laughs> that exists yeah. in musical theatre. And just the, the um, little... The tiny little, like... Natasha sings, Prince Balkonsky was your friend. He is your friend. Like, that's great. Pierre says, I, you know, I will tell him that... I want yeah exactly that's it he does his nice because he knows it's futile and he could be like no Natasha drop it but he's like no of course I'll I'll try of course I'll try and and she's like I know that nothing will come but I just and Pierre says I do have a question did you love that bad man and Natasha goes don't call him bad but I don't know yep wow like what a what a what a like strange specifically simple yet I can feel relation to that. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Like, I'm, I, like, I've dated bad people before, and I will leap to their defense still. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's like, no, but you weren't there. You can't, you can't comment. Uh, and that's the thing. And it's, I love that they just use the word bad. Do you know, it's so simple. It's like they did it right at the start of the show where they just personify people in one word. Um, mm-hmm. And his word isn't bad. His word is hot. Do you know what I mean? Right. That's the thing is he Anatole is a complex character. He's probably also quite young yeah. and is swept up in all this grandeur and glory and is equally as lost. And and the thing is, is Anatole is in a marriage that he doesn't want to be in because mm-hmm. he was I, he was forced to marry this Polish girl for whatever reason. He is not leading his ideal life either. He's trying to get out of it, not successfully and not mor- morally well. But there's he's more than just bad. And Natasha gets that, which is great. Peter Kirillovich Pierre Prince Bolkonsky was your friend He is your friend He once told me that I should turn to you 
Pierre sniffed as he looked at her, but he didn't speak. Till then he had reproached her, and tried to despise her, but now he felt such pity for her. There was no room in his soul for reproach. He is here now. Tell him to, tell him to forgive me. Yes, I will tell him to forgive you. But he gave me your letters. No, I know that all is over. I know that it never can be. But still I'm tormented by the wrongs I've done him. Tell him that I beg him to forgive, forgive, forgive me for everything. Yes, I will tell him, tell him everything. But, but I should like to know one thing. And then we see Pierre get it, and he starts to cry. Um, and, but like he doesn't—he starts to cry is just so simple, and that's not what it is. It's exactly because the, the line is he felt the tears begin to trickle underneath his spectacles, and he hoped that no one would see. That's so much more than he started to cry. And that's because this is the first moment where he is—you know—I mean, he's feeling like he is. Yeah, this is in, this matters. It says pity, tenderness, and love. Yeah. That's three completely different things yep. right there. And previously he'd been at like, the whole world is equal. Everything matters, nothing matters, it's all the same. And here he's learning some things matter more than others. Yeah. Like it's not even, he's learning that, that, because it wasn't the problem that he thought nothing matters. The problem was that he thought everything just felt kind of the same. Yeah. And suddenly something matters more than the rest of it. And then he reaches out to Natasha and does something that is very, again, very close to, to my heart in the sense that there's been many, many times in my life when, you know, I mean, I've, I've been trying to help someone, mm-hmm. giving them advice and they don't accept it. And they do, the, and it's, this, it's a teenage thing. They're always young. And I've been there. I've been that exact same Yeah, you're like, person. you don't know what this is like. Exactly. It's like this horrible th- and then the music stops mm-hmm. and he proceeds to say the right thing. You have your whole life before you. Before me. No all is over for me. All over. If, if I were not myself, but, but the brightest, handsomest, best man on earth, and if I were free, I, I would get down on my knees this minute 
and ask you for your hand and for your love. And it's, it is, this is a, like, we've said this a bunch of times, but this moment, like, <laughs> I've been reading through the script the whole time. Yeah. The whole script is in, we've been singing capital letters. There are no stage directions throughout the entire thing until right here, where, pe- where the stage direction says, music stops, which is, again, so much more than just a tiny stage direction because it's the first time the music stops pretty much all night in the whole show yeah and pierre not in his like growly character voice but in like a very honest here's the person i am asks natasha if i were not myself but the brightest handsomest best man on earth and if i were free i would get down on my knees this minute and ask you for your hand and for your love and then the music starts again and like that's that's so difficult to unpack yeah but also you totally get it completely and utterly and this is again like this is where i fall in love with dave malloy because like oh the man like do you know what it's interesting you'll listen to our special tony chat but i talk about this (laughs) um lin-manuel obviously plays his roles Mm -hmm. and in my opinion, doesn't act them as successfully as they could be acted. Yeah, for sure. Within this, what is it? Se- Maybe seven lines. Yeah, seven lines. Barely, barely a sentence. He delivers such a complex. Like it's so tightly packed, really, really complex, so emotional, and that is just through his voice. To be such a great scorer, a writer a visionary and as well be able to then take that all into your heart and give a really honest vulnerable performance yeah not many people in the world have ever been able to do that so yeah but this moment well done <laughs> yeah and like it's so you try to unpack it a little and you just discover more natasha has been like i'm not worth it i this is not worth my life and pierre's like no 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 you've got a whole life and natasha's like no this is over and mm-hmm. pierre says if I were the best man ever, mm-hmm. I would ask you to marry me. He's acknowledging he's not the best man ever. Acknowledging, yeah. like, he's acknowledging his flaws and her future all yeah. in this one beautiful sentence in a way that she understands yeah. and gets and that, like, breaks through her sorrow and in a way that conveys his magnificent breakthrough of his melancholia that he's been sitting in through the whole exactly. damn show that's just beautiful that's the thing it's like it's he it's almost like he's having this realization at the same time like i'm not the best by any stretch do you know yeah. what i mean and i'm old and it, it wouldn't be right and he's the thought that he's thinking about his wife that he's stuck here with elaine mm-hmm. he could have someone who mm-hmm. has, has has lots of love in her heart mm-hmm. um and has brains, you know what I mean? The fact that she said, don't call him bad and stood up to Pierre, yeah. that's huge. And yeah. he's has to be like, I would, I would love to marry you. And he can't, but he doesn't make it about him. It's purely about her. Yeah. Um, and it's more than saying, you know that way, we've, we've given this advice and things before, mm-hmm. but you would say to someone like, oh my God, I think you're so hot. I totally go out with you. He doesn't say that. He says, he doesn't say that. 
the best person in the world would want to go out with you. Who says that? Never. Because <laughs> that's, that's huge. Yeah. And then the whole thing just beautifully denouements, you know, wonderfully m mysterious yet accessible exploration of metaphor. Exactly. Like we are, we are so into avant-garde land, right? But you're so ready for it too. Exactly. Um, just as well musically, mm -hmm. when Natasha says, "I leave the room smiling," and you get the slightest hint of fortissimo, and yeah. you're just like, "What just happened?" But you suddenly feel lifted. Yeah. And it's just because they press that pedal. <laughs> like, yep. Well done, you musical genius. And then Pierre leaves. Yeah. Goes outside. He can't put his coat on because he can't find the sleeves. <laughs> yeah. Which is just, you know, like, but yeah, I get it. Yeah. It's not just that he just can't find the sleeves. It's snowing, it's cold out, and he's like, I don't know, I don't know where to go. Uh, I don't know what to do. Like, this matters, nothing else matters. I can't leave that. Mm -hmm. And then the whole choir, the whole cast, just from the shadows, starts singing about the sky. And this, so every word of this is, because uh, when I was... I was like, hmm, should I buy War and Peace and read it? I, I didn't, so I just skipped to the chapter and then briefly scanned through it and I read the last paragraph and it's pretty much verbatim um, from what the chorus sing uh, and what he sings towards the end and it's the the writing is beautiful. It's, it's just beautiful. The the vocabulary. The vocabulary, the music that M Malloy has said it to, like the choral bit when they sing The Great Comet of 1812 and it's such a great payoff because... You've been sitting here the whole dang time. Exactly. Like, why the hell is this called the Great Comet of 1812? Yeah. And when you leave, if someone trying to get an audio bite for the newspaper or their video asks you, so what is the Great Comet? You're still not going to be able to tell them. Exactly. Because you need like, to Like, the best thing you can say that. is, like, go see the show. Yeah. Go see the show. Yeah. And you'll get it. What the Comet is. Like, this vastly different hunk of rock that is flying through this giant vacuum of nowhereness that we happen to live and suddenly i'm looking at it yeah and it seems to have stopped and it just it makes everything seem so insignificant yet also so important all at the same time
But for me, the comet brings no fear No, I gaze joyfully And this bright star Having traced its parabola With inexpressible speed Through immeasurable space Seems suddenly to have stopped Like an arrow piercing the earth Stopped for me And it just ends. And it's then that's it. And that's it just ends. It. Um, it's chilling. And like uplifting and yeah, I I find it I find it really hugely uplifting. Yeah. When when I finish listening. It creates emotions that I struggle to describe. Yeah. Which you know, all good art and should do. I'm not gonna lie, like I haven't felt is moved mm-hmm. like that from a, a musical yeah in an extremely long time like an extremely long time in in this way because like i felt you know yeah, yeah 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 because we always harp on it there are parts of listening to hamilton for the first time where i was really sad yeah. there are uh-huh. you know parts of listening to other musical where i get really excited for the characters gotcha. or like i really I, scared we, or yeah. really interested in what's going to happen next like that happens in art all the time completely Natasha Pierre in The Great Comet of 1812 makes me feel things not about the characters I'm watching, but about myself. It's, I think it's just because, like, in this, again, sorry, it'll sound really wanky, but in that moment, we are all Pierre. Like, yeah. we are, you reflect on your life, and you're like, he's been able to go through this. And you're like, well, where am I at? Do you know what I mean? Because it's not, like you said, it's not a morality tale. It's not saying, beware. Um, it's purely just saying check yourself it's like <laughs> yeah do you know what i mean pause for a moment life is, life is complicated and sometimes you have to look at the stars it's so fantastic it's just changed it's changed everything i've sent um kind of in 
in response to it and then listening to everything else. Mm-hmm. He did. I sent him an email and it was reasonably garbled, but basically just saying that, like, because like, I'm writing a show at the moment and I haven't felt this inspired in a hugely long time. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, it just gives me so much encouragement and excitement for musical theatre because this works like this is great it's something that it's so difficult to describe it's it's just it's so intelligent Mm -hmm. and i don't think that's a bad thing and i've been told by some of our friends that i kind of come across really snobbish when i say it um and I've said this about theatre before, that I think a lot of musical theatre nowadays is completely dumbed down. Yeah. Um, and that is a big reason why, particularly in the West End, a big reason why it has the reputation it has. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to see one of our like Olivia, Olivier fanboys mm-hmm. come watch this and leave the theatre and still have that same belief that musical theatre can't be as valid as a play. This needed to be a musical. Yeah. In every way. In every single way. And it, it's, so, it's so exciting. Like, I'm just filled with so much excitement um, for when it hits Broadway. Because, even, do you know what? Even if it bombs, there will still be people who will see it and will be changed by it. And there are people that need to have their minds changed. And it made it that far. Was not an easy journey, by all, by all accounts. They not built their own theatre. They built their own theater. They built their own theater to do this show. This show was so important that they were able to convince people that it needed a space to exist in. Yep. How powerful is that? It's words and music. It it just, the thing is, like, it's done so well. I've not read a bad word about it. Mm -mm. I've not necessarily been looking for a bad word, but I've I've literally not seen anyone say, actually, do you know what? That yeah. was pretty damn special. The I, these are experiences that we find common, but that I yeah. sometimes struggle to explain to people who, <laughs> who who do more practical things in life than trying to do art. Um, but like you know, moody artist bullshit. Ah. Like those those days where you don't feel creative, and then as a result, feel like a failure in life. Exactly because the thing you do is be creative. And on yep. the days you can't do it, you know, it would be like being a, a, a like a finance person and showing up at work <laughs> one day and being like, no, I can't, I can't do the numbers today. I'm just not yeah. like, and it, and you feel that whole thing fully and you're like, this is stupid. You forget how to do your job. Well, why do like, I feel like this? I don't want to feel like this for all sorts of reasons. One, because it's stupid and two, because I'm not doing the thing I like, yeah. but it's so specific and difficult to explain. Yeah. And it is Pierre's melancholy, and it's because yeah. of this complex and meaningless while still important world that he lives in that is common to both 1812 Russia and 2016, exactly. you know, the world we live in. Yeah. It's that thing, you know what I mean? You do, you get those two kinds of people, don't you? The mm-hmm. people, it's that you get the Sonyas and you uh-huh. get the Pierres. <laughs> you get the people <laughs> and who can sit in the real world and yep. get it. And like, and be like, here's why, and that's why, and this why. Exactly. And of course that they have their tough times, and, and that's a bit they can explain them. And I think you've got the people who ask the questions, yeah, and they get very lost and yep. confused. And get frustrated and... when other people aren't getting lost with them. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, 
and it's that's uh, yeah. he's just he's he's so good bloody Malloy this is the reason why I'm like you are the future Dave <laughs> like because he's doing all the things that I wish yeah. that I could do yeah. um, and that I wish I could see these are the things that I want to see and I'm, that's why I'm just so excited like I, I feel like I'm in a new phase because of uh, this one guy I know this sounds so sweeping and ridiculous but I mean, that's the way I feel Dave Sorry. Malloy <laughs> if you're listening which I'm pretty sure you are you well, I told him about the podcast. <laughs> One, thanks for listening to this <laughs> yeah, dinky <right>. little podcast. <laughs> Two, you have our official permission to tweet at Lin-Manuel Miranda and tell him he's been dethroned as <laughs> the official author mascot of the Jim and Tomic podcast. Yep. Sorry about it, Lin. <laughs> Sorry, Lin. I really don't care. <laughs> Number two is just as good. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> There's a song about second. Um Really, and I think Dave would agree, the moral of the story is to not be more like Pierre or Sonia, but is really that we should all be a Balaga. Everyone should be Balaga. The end. <laughs> Amazing. Let's get out of here! Balaga! That was that was sure fun. That was a great podcast. Was, we, we we talked for so long. We actually did. It's that been, was, but it was great. It was worth it. What every every hour of it, Jimmy. Yeah. I've grown a beard since we've been sitting here. I've put on at least a stone, or, which the, is like I don't know whatever you weigh yourselves in. <laughs> I like that you immediately go for the imperial conversion. Yeah. Who knows. <laughs> Um, so we have to give our quiz question for uh, our next show. We do indeed. I, I got it. You ready? I'm ready. Despite its original production premiering off-Broadway, when this show was remounted 14 years later, the Tony Administration Committee deemed it was only eligible to be nominated as a revival of a musical. Scandalous. What it show? Was, it wasn't scandalous. <laughs> it wasn't really scandalous. It wasn't really scandalous at all. It was just kind of weird and offbeat. Yeah. Yeah. So what was it? Well, you'll have to find out. Have to find out. Next time. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.